This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Seek Reality Radio with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about your reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here is Roberta. Ours is a complex reality. We've long accepted the notion that both science and Christianity were right, and that makes it pretty complex. But what they're describing, two different versions of reality that really are mutually exclusive, and we, they can't possibly both be true and both exist in the same place. It really doesn't make sense. They're two different realities. We're coming to realize now that while both of them have hints about what's true, neither mainstream science nor mainstream Christianity really has it right. Each is a point of view. Each is a belief system. Both are close, but let's talk about what's real. When we get beyond belief systems and approach the study of reality open-mindedly, we begin to see a genuine reality that's wonderful. It's far greater than either ever could tell us about. And a lot of the best evidence for what's actually going on comes from people we used to think of as dead. Um, they're not dead, and they have a much truer vision of, of the truth than we can possibly get from this narrow perspective. It's, it's a great truth, and the most important fact is that you are an eternal being. You never began. You never will end. Knowing that changes everything. Our guest today for the second time is the wonderful Rosemary Ellen Guiley. Um, she has two books that we, I, we especially wanted to talk about. We want to talk about the fact that she's going to be doing some wonderful things at the ASCSI conference in July uh, on afterlife communication. She's, a, she's on the cutting edge of that research. Um, but her books that we want to make sure we mention are Dream Messages from the Afterlife and something that really interests me, The Art of Black Mirror Scrying. Welcome, Rosemary. Hi, Roberta. It's a pleasure to be back with you. I'm so glad to have you here. Um, we had so much fun talking the last time that we just we, we had to do this again. And we, we got into talking about sort of so many things that we never talked as much as I would have liked to about the conference itself and what you'll be, what you'll be talking about there. Um, but let's, let me, let's first talk about this scrying because I want to make sure we, we get that in. This is an ancient, ancient method of communicating with people who are not material. Um, tell me about scrying. Tell me about working with Raymond Moody and, and learning about scrying. Uh, shiny surfaces, including uh, reflective surfaces like uh, mirrors and water, and also dark reflective surfaces like black stones and ink and, and even black mirrors, which is um, the topic that, that I'll be addressing at the conference. These methods have been used since ancient times for divination, and scrying means gazing into some uh, one of these surfaces. Uh, it's an old term. 
and uh, I preserved it because uh, of the mystery around it. It's it's uh, really black mirror gazing. And uh, this method of divination and for contacting the dead uh, has been um, coming more into vogue since, uh, oh, about the, the 1990s. Uh, and uh, more and more people are becoming acquainted with it. And I've, I've found that it's really struck a chord with people to connect with this ancient method and bring it into modern times as a way of staying linked to loved ones in the afterlife. What a shiny surface does is uh, it acts as um, a tool that helps the third eye or the clairvoyant faculty to take over. Uh, you know, there are many, many methods of uh, divination and uh, looking into the future or looking into the afterlife. Uh, and what a tool does is it just helps a person open up. Uh, there are hundreds and hundreds of methods, not all using shiny surfaces, which uh, human beings have employed over the centuries. But the, the shiny surface has been one of the most effective. Uh, going back into ancient times, we find that the Egyptians, the Greeks, uh, the, the Arabs... The Oracle of Delphi, right? Wasn't that what, scrying as well? I'm sorry? The Oracle of Delphi? What, didn't the, the Greeks were certainly doing it. Uh, the Greeks did. Whether or not the Oracle of Delphi actually scried into a bowl is unclear, uh, or just simply entered a trance uh, and made utterances. But there were uh, places around the classical world, and especially in Greece, where people could retire to a remote location, uh, perhaps even a subterranean location, and uh, contact the dead, and sometimes uh, gazing into a reflective surface, like a, a bowl filled with water, which in a darkened room would appear black, uh, would be used as a way of acting as an interface. Um, the Arabs had various methods of using um, soot and oil mixed together, uh, dark stones. The Egypt Egyptians had obsidian mirrors. And uh, these techniques have been used throughout history. Famous people that we know of, like Nostradamus and John Dee, uh, occasionally use dark surfaces for gazing in, into um, the uh, angel realms and into the future. Nostradamus used um, a bowl of water on a tripod, uh, and uh, some, in some accounts uh, this bowl contained ink, but in a darkened room, a bowl of water can appear dark, too. And uh, John Dee used crystals and had a, a black obsidian mirror, uh, and he's famous for his conversations with angels. Wow. Well, the person who really brought a lot of modern attention to this ancient technique was Raymond Moody. Yes. And uh, Raymond became interested in crystal gazing, and uh, started to look into it, and it occurred to him that um, maybe these ancient techniques for contacting the dead could be um, sort of repurposed for modern use to help uh, people grieving come to closure or to have final messages. And uh, what he developed was uh, an interface that he called the psychomantium, uh, which consisted of using a, a black mirror in a darkened room and gazing into it uh, with the purpose of 
contacting someone who had passed on. And, could uh, could I just that, interrupt and, and mention that uh, for people listening, Raymond Moody is known for his near-death experience book, uh, Life After Life, and his work in that field. I don't think he's really psychic, is he? Um, what, what's what you, you you know him better than I. What uh, he's not he's not well, I, psychic I, as you are, is I he? I don't know if Raymond would describe himself as psychic. I never asked him, um, and I, I can't recall off the top of my head if he's made any statements to that effect. However, I have found that most people who work in these areas either have or develop a psychic ability. It's really, really? impossible to, uh, to work with these techniques and uh, uh, topics without having some sort of um, psychic faculty uh, evolve. Huh. Uh, That's interesting. So, so it's psychic, innate then. Well, everyone has psychic ability. It's innate in everyone. And uh, in some people, it's more naturally developed. People have uh, marked talents from an early age. And uh, other people can develop their talents uh, later on in life. Everybody can develop their psychic ability to at least some degree and be uh, really fairly proficient at it. Uh, most people really? are surprised learn how psychic they really are. Huh. That's that's interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing you at the conference and let's see if if I have any such ability because I don't think I do. But but you so well, I've read his book on his psychomantium and was fascinated by it. I mean, he had people step right out of that mirror and he wandered in the garden with his grandmother and it's extraordinary. Um it became a gateway uh really for people to um uh, connect with people that they loved. Yes, people have different kinds of experiences, near gazing. Uh, they may be very vivid visual impressions where they feel that they have gone into um, another reality or the the afterlife and the people in the afterlife have come into this reality. Other people get mental impressions. They may see things in their mind's eye. They may hear things internally. Uh, other people may not see much of anything in the mirror, but they may ha- then have profound dreams or other kinds of experiences uh, as a result of their, exper- uh, their mirror-gazing experience. So um, it initiates a process that plays out uh, in different ways, uh, probably depending upon the individual's own abilities, timing, we get information in the right time and the right place, Uh, and um, uh, you can uh, have um, very intense emotional experiences. I participated in a day-long psychomantium uh, as Raymond's guest back in the 1990s, and uh, it involved quite a process of Spending time talking with him, I wanted to contact my dead father and uh, talking about my dad and our relationship and uh, what I was hoping to accomplish with the mirror. And uh, then spending time alone with the mirror and then uh, processing that experience with Raymond. Uh, this is quite an elaborate process for grief counseling that other people have uh, adopted. Um, many people have used the black mirror in, in various counseling capacities. 
And um, it also can be used as just simply a divination tool uh, to explore the astral realms, to look into the future, perhaps even explore past lives, to have an experience with your spirit guides or angels. There are many different purposes of it. And uh, when I use it for contacting the dead, I've preferred to call uh, call mine the necromantium, which um, uh, is actually a more technically correct term. It means place of the dead or place where you would go to contact the dead. And um, I have been doing that now for several years. I took some facilitation training from Dr. Moody uh, some years ago to um, help people through this process. And um, I found consistently that it, it is quite powerful for many people. And uh, Does it help so to hand- alleviate their grief? Do you, does it help with grief? It can. Uh, and especially when used in conjunction with other kinds of therapy, uh, what people have found with having direct experience, not only through the mirror but through dreams, and that's another topic that I will be addressing at the conference, uh, that uh, this can have a stronger emotional impact on them in resolving their grief than hours yes. and hours of conventional therapy. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm not suggesting by any means that one replaces the other, but um, if someone is struggling with grief and needing closure on a relationship, you know, unfinished business or things left unsaid, uh, things like that, these sorts of direct experiences can uh, vault someone into an entirely different emotional level and ability to, uh, to cope. Wow. Um, I've had some experiences. Well, first, uh, finishing talking about scrying just for a minute. Um, How do you think it works? Why a dark surface? Does it allow us to enter into our own subconscious somehow? Or why would that work? Do you have any Uh, idea? tools, Tools are aimed at helping the psychic faculty take over. And uh, you you sort of get your physical senses out of the way and allow your psychic senses to come forward. People respond differently to different kinds of tools. And uh, there's something about looking into a reflective surface that um, it can fatigue the physical eyes, for example, so that your, your physical senses start to get tired. And uh, the psychic faculty, which is uh, closely allied with uh, the imagination, this does not mean fantasy, the faculty of imagination, the ability to experience something not of the physical senses is very important in the psychic faculty. This then comes forward. The thing about a black surface is that when you gaze into it, it's endless. It's like going into a, a bottomless pool. Uh, whereas a silvered surface will reflect something back to you. Uh-huh. And so you can sort of go into this endless depth, and um, it facilitates an altered state of consciousness that enables you to bridge interdimensional uh, boundaries. Wow. 
Well, we're, we're going to just take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about dreams, which is a whole other area of amazing developments. You're listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Our guest is the wonderful Rosemary Ellen Guiley, a terrific psychic with great expertise in various areas and a lot of fun to talk to, and we'll be right back. If you're interested in communicating with the people we used to think were dead, then don't miss the 39th Annual Conference of the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies in Scottsdale, Arizona, next July. The theme of the conference is New Developments in Afterlife Communication. Presenters from as far away as Brazil will be talking about not just mediumship, but also automatic writing and pendulum communication and the astonishing new field of self-induced direct communication with dead loved ones. Two different presenters are working on telephones that will let us communicate with the dead directly. Go to ASCSI.org now for more information. That's ASCSI.org. Join them next July and be amazed. What if there were a place that was the opposite of civilized? And what if it turned out that was the place where human life finally worked? When Roberta Grimes studied the afterlife evidence, she learned more than that our lives are eternal. She also discovered what we really are. And to help us make the most of our lives, she's begun the Letters from Love series of novels. Begin with My Thomas, her well-reviewed account of Thomas Jefferson's marriage. Move on to Letter from Freedom, then Letter from Money. They read like fantasy romance, but they are the glorious truth. Available on Amazon.com and in bookstores everywhere. Or stop by RobertaGrimes.com to learn more. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. We're talking with Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who's going to be a featured presenter at the New New Developments in Afterlife Communication Conference, July 10th to 13th, 2014 in Scottsdale, Arizona. This is the 38th annual conference of the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies, a venerable organization. And the the roster of speakers, Rosemary, um, foremost among them, but many other people as well who are working in this field of communicating with the dead in ways that none of us Frankly, before I got involved in it, I had no idea how much was possible now. Um, and it's a, it's a going to be exciting conference. I hope you'll think about coming. Go to ASCSI.org for more information. That's ASCSI.org. Now, Rosemary, the, I'm totally unpsychic, but I have had two communications uh, uh, in dreams. And I can testify they're very different from a regular dream. Um, tell us, tell us more about um, dream communications from the dead. Well, there is a distinct type of dream that uh, is a real experience in which we have uh, very intense contact with 
people who have passed over. These dreams have been documented since ancient times, and they are very different from ordinary dreaming. In yes. fact, uh, when people have these experiences, they often uh, awaken the next day confused as to whether or not they were actually dreaming. Uh, and uh, in these experiences, it seems that uh, the dead are able to at least meet us in a bridge, and that bridge is the dream, uh, which is an altered state of consciousness um, that uh, goes beyond the physical realm. Uh, in fact, I believe that we astral travel whenever we dream, and uh, we are frequently on the astral plane. And so this in-between point, uh, is the place where the dead can come and visit. And um, nobody understands the exact mechanism of how and why these dreams can, can take place. Uh, they are usually spontaneous. Uh, people who want them may not get them. People who never even think of having them will sometimes have them. Uh, it has nothing to do with desire or love or worthiness or anything like that. It's just whatever conditions uh, that have to be optimum for these to occur, um, that's the situation. And so uh, the dead can come, uh, and it's usually soon after someone has died. And the most frequent um, purposes behind these, these visits are uh, to give reassurance um, don't worry about me, I'm all right. Uh, please don't grieve for me, I'm happy now, and I will always be close to you. Uh, or to say farewell, goodbye. Uh, there's unfinished business, uh, things that uh, the dead really want to see um, pursued in their absence, or perhaps there are important papers, estate papers, things like that, that no one knows the location of, that they need that information. And sometimes they come just to impart comfort and, and life guidance uh, and uh, a, a sense of reassurance. Uh, this sort of presence is often ongoing or at least occurs periodically throughout life. But the, the experiences themselves are quite real. People describe touching, hugging, kissing, um, feeling as though the person is there in the flesh and blood, even though they know that person is dead. Um, the but it doesn't you... have to be a person. <laughs> Mine was my horse. I had the most wonderful oh, have communication with their dreams. animals too. Right. It was. It was. It was. He. I, I had a horse for. Uh, he. I bought him at six months old. He lived to be almost thirty, and I wasn't there when he died, and I was devastated. And about, I think three nights later, um, I had this intense dream that I've, one of the characteristics in my experience of these dreams is you never forget them. It's like a, a really central life experience. It's always immediate. And this, this is, must be seven or eight years now since he died. But, um, I dreamed he was, he was young, he was beautiful. And we were, I, he, he and I loved to drive, you know, in a, in a cart. We were in our cart. We were on a trail. We'd often gone on in, in a woods where we had often ridden, driven. We're going along and, um, and, and just as happy as could be trotting along. And I see smoke rising in the distance. And there's this great big truck coming at us. So I jump out of the cart, 
pull off to the side as far as I can get, uh, you know, bury his face and, you know, hug him, hug his head so so he won't know there's a truck coming and the truck wheezes, uh, uh, you know, squeezes barely, barely past us. He's okay because he's a little trembly, but scared. But this is all so real, Rosemary. It's like it's really happening. I was so into it. It happened a second time. The second, for a second time, I see the smoke in the distance, a big diesel truck. I get out of the cart. I hold his head. He's safe. And then I get back in and I'm driving. And I woke up as the, I see the third smoke rising. And I thought, what was that about? It was clear to me he was trying to tell me something. Then I realized, A, he was trying to tell me he was fine, even though I hadn't been there when he died. And he was he's young and beautiful now. Oh, my goodness, he's gorgeous. But he also was saying thank you. Because three times, I've had, I had him his whole life, and we, he, we moved twice. That was those two trucks coming. The scary things that could happen to a horse are that he would be moved. But both cases, he was safe. I took him to a place. I kept him. I never sold him. Horses... Big fear is that they're going to, you know, be sold. So he was saying, thank you for keeping me safe. That was one of the most emotional experiences of my life, and it was a dream. That's a wonderful experience. And um, there seems to be something about the dreaming state of consciousness that enables these kinds of experiences to happen. It wouldn't happen in waking consciousness. Uh, People do have waking visions of the dead, but they're uh, of a much different quality than these uh, rich, rewarding dream experiences. Yeah, wow. I, I, um, and, and the fact that it never fades is, is quite remarkable. I mean, I hug that to my heart as one of the um, you know, things that I've most loved to have experienced in my whole life. It's just, it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. But but is there is there a way to encourage those dreams to happen? I I had no idea it was going to happen. It just it just came. There are things we can do to invite the dreams, but uh, again, it's um, an uncertain uh, territory because we don't know the exact mechanism. And when the dead comment on it, they, they make remarks like, "It's difficult to do this. It was dif- difficult to get here. I don't have very long." Uh, I have to go now. Uh, they seem yeah. to indicate the, the circumstances are um, extraordinary. Uh, but we can, through prayer and meditation and through dream incubation, uh, at least invite uh, contact uh, through uh, setting an intention before we go to sleep to have a meaningful dream with a certain person. And uh, even if we don't have the dramatic dream encounter, we are likely to have some kind of dream that will give us information or at least reassurance about that loved one. So it is a productive uh, activity to pursue, and uh, I do encourage that with people. But um, uh, there are people who uh, I have interviewed who have desperately wanted that sort of experience, and uh, they don't get it, and then uh, they start um, feeling guilty, like, oh, I'm not worthy, or so-and-so doesn't love me, or, you know, something yeah. like that. And uh, we, we can't think that way, because uh, those are not factors at all. Another thing is, we don't know what the dead do exactly immediately in the afterlife. Um, there seems to be a period of transition that uh, many of them describe, 
they uh, they may go into states of rest, especially if they've been ill or if they died suddenly in a, a violent way, like a, a horrible accident or a crime. Um, their needs need to be taken care of, and uh, that might not be uh, addressing our concerns. So right. those are factors, too, that could affect the ability of someone to to come and uh, give a dream message. Wow. Um, this is, But this is an area, now you've written a book about it. Um, your book is Examples, it's called uh, Dream Messages from the Afterlife. This is examples of people who've had these dreams? Yes, it is. It discusses the, the history of these dreams, that, that we do have precedence for it, and that uh, human beings throughout history have had the same kinds of experiences. And I discuss the different types of uh, afterlife dream visits and uh, give many examples from people I've interviewed and some cases from the literature as well and um, how these dreams should be interpreted, how they are distinguished from ordinary dreams. I also get into some other aspects of dreams involving death and dying and uh, one of them is uh, the precognitive dream of death. Uh, and some very remarkable cases, um, especially from history there, and also uh, the the um, dreams and visions of the dying, uh, people who have died um, uh, and have usually been conscious until the very end, such as through uh, old age or terminal illness, have remarkable dreamlike. Uh, dreams and dreamlike experiences where they begin to see the afterlife. They have visions of the afterlife. They have um, frequent encounters with uh, the dead who passed over, uh, who seem to be waiting for them to to come to the other side. And uh, they're quite interesting as well. So all of that is in your book? Yes, it is. And I also discussed also the incubation procedures that we can use as a way of uh, at least facilitating our uh, connection to the afterlife. So uh, in her name is Rosemary Ellen Guiley, G-U-I-L-E-Y. Just You can find her on Amazon. The books are Dream Messages from the Afterlife and the Art of Black Mirror Scrying. And you've written other books as well, right, Rosemary? Uh, well, I've written close to 60 books by now. Uh, <laughs> I remember it was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Show up the, <laughs> uh, the art of black ear scrying will not be out until uh, May. It's, okay. uh, it's in production now. Well, that's something to look forward to. That's an area where I think um, one of the things that, that I'm excited about is um, all of the new ways in which people are able to initiate contact. I mean, we've, we've known about signs that, that the dead give us, and we know, of course, about all the ways we can use mediums to communicate with the dead, but what this conference has opened up for me is um, just how many ways we're beginning to learn to communicate with the dead um, that we can initiate. I mean, to a certain extent, learning to scry is certainly um, initiated by by us. Um, The dead are helping us to make that contact happen, but they've been always trying to help us. Now we're able to kind of take control to some extent. Um, 
that's exciting. Uh, I, I, don't you think? I mean, it's like a whole new world for many people. Well, it is, and uh, I think that this is all very productive uh, in terms of strengthening our connection to uh, the afterlife. And at some point, we may be able to have more frequent, even on-demand, uh, yes. communication where uh, the dead will not seem so uh, remote to us, so far away. Because uh, and that could right very well revolutionize uh, our entire way of living and thinking. Absolutely. Well, we're, we're going to need to take another quick break. This is Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. You are an eternal being. You never began. You never will end. And knowing that changes everything. Our guest today is the wonderful Rosemary Ellen Guiley, a terrific psychic with a, with a broad range of experiences. And we're talking about some of them. And we'll be right back. place that was the opposite of civilized and what if it turned out that was the place where human life finally worked when roberta grimes studied the afterlife evidence she learned more than that our lives are eternal she also discovered what we really are and to help us make the most of our lives she's begun the letters from love series of novels Begin with My Thomas, her well-reviewed account of Thomas Jefferson's marriage. Move on to Letter from Freedom, then Letter from Money. They read like fantasy romance, but they are the glorious truth. Available on Amazon.com and in bookstores everywhere. Or stop by RobertaGrimes.com to learn more. If you're interested in communicating with the people we used to think were dead, then don't miss the 39th Annual Conference of the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies in Scottsdale, Arizona, next July. The theme of the conference is New Developments in Afterlife Communication. Presenters from as far away as Brazil will be talking about not just mediumship, but also automatic writing and pendulum communication and the astonishing new field of self-induced direct communication with dead loved ones. Two different presenters are working on telephones that will let us communicate with the dead directly. Go to ASCSI.org now for more information. That's ASCSI.org. Join them next July and be amazed. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. We're talking with Rosemary Ellen Guiley. And, and once again, an hour is flying by. <laughs> we, are, we are hardly scratching the surface. There's so much to talk about. Um, 60 books, there's nowhere we're going to cover all of those in the, in the few minutes we have remaining. But are there other highlights, people who are interested in this field, uh, other books that you think that you've written that they might want be interested in looking up on Amazon? Uh, they uh, topics that are most related uh, to these that I've covered are reincarnation. I have a book out called Soul Journeys, Past and Future Lives. 
another book called How to Develop Your Miracle Mind Consciousness, um, a number of other uh, books on dreams, and angels. Angels are a very important topic for me. And, uh, in fact, I have a new book on angels coming out uh, this year, and um, I will be speaking at a major angel conference down in Florida this summer. Very delighted to see uh, this kind of event because we haven't had a big angel conference here in America in quite some time. But, you know, I think, Roberta, when times are troubled, and we're still in troubled times uh, these days, people feel that the future is very uncertain, and um, it's natural for um, folks to turn to spiritual help for guidance and, uh, you know, just something to hang on to uh, that, that seems secure and steady. So uh, interest in angels never really goes away, but it does go through waves of interest. And uh, in the past few years, uh, it's definitely been on the increase as uh, people uh, are are trying to sort their way through a lot of wreckage in their life, especially economic wreckage, and um, people have had to, to cope with all kinds of changes and upheavals. Uh, so it's natural that we we turn to spiritual guides and benevolent beings like angels for help and uh, instruction. One of the things that you mentioned, I, I think people would like to sort of little, know a little bit more about, and that's um, you wrote a book on past lives and future lives. And there are people I know listening who are going, what? It's important to understand that time is not objectively real. Um, and... I don't, I, I'd be interested in your view, Rosemary, but the sense that I get is that our lives are more or less happening at the same time. And I, I know uh, uh, Brian Weiss has used future progression as a way to address issues. He's re- progressed people to future lives to help them get rid of trauma that might be causing phobias in this lifetime. What are your thoughts well, on that? Exactly it. It's um, progression is a very common technique that is allied to past life regression. Uh, it's very useful. Past life regression can, aside from just uh, answering questions about yourself, it's been very useful from a therapeutic standpoint. Wow! Wow! And, it has. Uh, yes, all the all um, all of our lives happen simultaneously in an ever present now. And, uh, of course, being um, in a multidimensional universe, uh, the soul is also multidimensional. We might uh, experience myriads of lifetimes that um, are completely beyond our comprehension until we get to some more advanced state of of awareness. And uh, when you look into the future, uh, you're looking into... Um, what might be called a probable lifetime uh, or a lifetime in another reality. Uh, If it is true that with every decision we make, we spin off an alternate version of ourselves, then we have um, multiple, multiple uh, lifetimes in, in all times that we would consider past, present, and future happening all at once. So what a progression does is it helps us zero in on something that um, uh, that we can comprehend and bring back to the present. Uh, the key to getting the benefit from past life regression and, and future progression 
is to find something that is applicable to life now. How does it enrich, benefit, or heal life now? And uh, sometimes by looking into the future, uh, we can see things that um, either give us impetus to continue on in a certain direction or cause us to rethink our course and um, maybe even to make some different decisions about what we're doing now. It's boggling. <laughs> I mean, we're so used to thinking of time as linear and uh, going from past to future. Um, one of the hardest things, I think, for people to grasp um, is the the fact that time is not linear and actually not objectively real. Um, uh, uh, Albert Einstein said the distinction between past, present, and future is only a stubbornly persistent illusion, um, <laughs> <laughs> which indeed it is. Um, what, well, what, any, what's next? Well, go, we well, would, finish that thought because I'm sorry, and I had another thought as well. Sorry? Finish what you're going to say about time. Oh, um, that any event in the future is a probable outcome based based on forces in motion. And uh, this is why readings um, really are best for looking at, at immediate time frames and linear time, because the further you go out in linear time, and that's our reality, it is a reality of linear time, uh, uh-huh. the more likely the future is to, uh, to alter. And uh, you're looking at forces in motion. Uh, so where are these forces in motion heading? And they, they head to a probable event. Well, all you have to do is change the forces in motion, and that probable event becomes something else. So uh, if we had a better understanding of, of um, how we move through, through our reality of time, uh, we would probably make decisions much differently. Um, uh, yeah, for certain that's true. I, I think people would make decisions much differently if they understood that they're living on, a, on an eternal frame. Um, people seem to think that what's happening today, this week, uh, what's on their current schedule is what's important. Um, what I found when I really understood that life is eternal, uh, totally eternal, there's no question about that, I started living on a much bigger stage. I started caring less about, uh, you know, what I'm going to have for dinner and more about um, trying to uh, learn the, live the best possible life and learn the, the most that I could from my lessons so that I could make progress on a bigger stage. Do, don't you find that's true in the people you work with too? Well, yes, you just start to have a different set of values. Yes. Um, Better said, okay. yes. Absolutely right. Um, yeah, you, you, you care less about things like money and uh, how you look and more about um, loving people because love, it turns out, no matter what direction we approach it from, love turns out to be the core value, the only thing ultimately that matters and the only thing you can take with you. So you you, you really do start forgiving more and loving more and uh caring less about the, the small details. Um, it makes you a lot happier, too. Uh, not, not being afraid anymore, not being afraid of death, not being afraid of negativity um, is enormously freeing. Don't you find that? makes you happy? Uh, it certainly does um, make you a lot happier at 
uh, I would say, a higher plane of awareness. And um, nobody's going to be problem-free in life. Uh, we all have difficulties and obstacles to deal with, and um, not every decision is uh, the greatest one, you know. Uh, I do believe there aren't any right or wrong decisions, just different decisions, but all of us make course corrections. And so those are ongoing. But uh, to be spiritually fulfilled, you do have to see things from a different perspective in terms of who you are and what you're doing and what is it, what it is important for you to spend your time and energy on. And, um, you know, there's that adage, life is short and time is precious. And uh, uh, from a Zen perspective, you only have the moment. And so uh, you must make it count, even if you're doing something very uh, mundane and ordinary in daily life. Uh, yeah. So uh, having that sort of perspective puts um, definitely a different spin on things and uh, changes a person's values. Uh, in terms of uh, what really counts in life. Uh, And uh, many people who have profound transformative experiences, like near-death experiences or epiphanies of sorts, um, they do often make significant, even radical changes in their lives. Yes. Yep. That's that's true. Um, I, I think what's exciting, too, is that it you find much more pleasure in the moment. Um, you, you, you understand the moment's more precious, but uh, in, in terms of its use, but I find it's just more enjoyable too. Um, even doing, life is precious because to get to even be here, um, you know, we, it's not, this is not a hard slog. Hard things happen to us, but there's so much pleasure in just being with the people you love and just, the moment, um, which I never fully appreciated until I started doing this research uh, and and really came to understand what was going on. Um, so you're in an exciting field. You 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 you're, you get to do this uh, and and work with people and help them to understand these things. This is wonderfully exciting. I do enjoy this work, and I've been doing it full time now for. Um, a little over 30 years, since 1983. And uh, my work has taken me in so many directions uh, in the paranormal and the metaphysical and related fields, uh, not only into contact with very interesting people, researchers and experiencers and witnesses uh, alike, but uh, just in terms of um, my own development, my own spiritual path. And I'm very grateful for that combination, that my spiritual path is my professional path and vice versa. Yeah, you're, you're, uh, most of us don't get to live the dream, and you're, you're doing that. But what, what's next for you? What, what, um, what, what's your interest now? Um, I, I, you're, you're, you're putting to the book uh, about scrying out. Are, is that where you're involved right now, or what are you working on now? I I always work in different fields. I have many irons in the fire, and uh, some of them are on the light metaphysical side and some of them are on the paranormal side, and I also deal with problems in the paranormal, you know, the negative uh, phenomena and experiences. So um, uh, scrying is, is a very important activity for me, but I also do a lot in the paranormal investigation front, 
Um, I'm working on, uh, you know, the new book on angels. I have uh, books on um, negative hauntings in the works. And uh, I do a lot of consulting on cases. I uh, do a lot of lecturing and teaching. So uh, it's, and, and I do past life regression as well. So it's, uh, I spread my time and interest over uh, quite a large territory. And I'll uh, say. that's always <laughs> been for me. Yeah. Well, that's fun, too. You get to be, you're not thinking about the same thing all the time. You're putting the, the big picture together, which is exciting because it is a huge picture. Um, a lot of people think that this is just about like life after death or, or something like that. It is a bogglingly varied and complex reality that people like Rosemary are working in. It's, it, uh, I keep learning new things. It just, it just is boggling and amazing how much there is to know. So uh, I envy you that as well. You get all that intellectual challenge. I would like to give out my website, which is visionaryliving.com, and I have um, uh, some of my books available there. They're also available on Amazon in an ebook format on Kindle, uh, Kobo, Nook, and iTunes. I have a, um, a monthly newsletter called Strange Dimensions, which is complimentary. You can sign up. Uh, on the home page, and then I also have a 